Philadelphia. My name is Dave Diorio. You can find me on Twitter at fat underscore lobster. And I am joined by two guys who are 95 degrees, but they feel like 107. What's up, Chuck and Gene? <laughs> uh, hey, Dave. Uh, this is Chuck Siders. I am uncomfortable and sweaty, and I will be so until late September. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Chuck Siders. You can find the show at Potadelphia. And I'm Gene Zilak. You can find me at Producer Gene on Twitter. And uh, yeah, man, when I was driving around doing some errands today and the uh, air temperature hit a one, hit 102, man, the chafing factor was in full effect. I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to, I'm going to Arizona in a couple of weeks. That's a dry heat, Dave. That's uh, and I'm a dry looking forward heat. to the break. Yeah, that's a dry heat. heat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do have to give us a report if it's all it's cracked up to be. I've been to to Vegas when it's been like 106, and honestly, I would take that in a heartbeat over the last two days. Um, I have not been able to function outside of my house. Like, nice. The lawn is just like forest primeval at this point. <laughs> it's like, I'm not mowing that. I'm not mowing it until it cools off. <laughs> I, I have a postage stamp. Like, literally, it's like swipe, swipe, and the lawn is cut. And I've still been paying a kid 10 bucks from the neighborhood to do it. Good on you, man. Help that, help the local economy out a little mm -hmm. bit. Yep. Good job. Threaten I, a child's life, more likely, man. <laughs> I gotta say, watching the Phillies uh, over the past few days during this heat wave, I really think Bryce Harper is looking really like he's hot. Like he looks the hottest out of, and I'm not. This is not like a, a, a me saying he's hot. He looks like he is. Very hot. <laughs> no, no shirt. Like the, the buttons are coming unbuttoned. He looks really sweaty. Everything's super straggly. He's not put together. He just looks a mess. It's just too hot for him. <laughs> Makes me like him all the more. Yeah, and there's a bit of like dirt, like constantly on his face. He's like all <laughs> smudgy. It's like you know, he's, he's like an extra like a chimney sweep. <laughs> I was gonna say extra from Oliver Twist. Oh, there you go. Yeah. All right, so we're thinking the same along the same lines there. <laughs> But I'll tell you, and it, it it gets even accentuated for me in the throwback uniforms. Oh yeah, I yeah. mean he's looking like really hot in the <laughs> uniform. Do you think he wishes he had signed with the Yankees so that they would have forced him to like de beard, you know, and and he, he, he could have blamed it on them? Well, I feel like now he's kind of branded himself as like this kind of woolly, you know manly man and 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 the beard is part of the look you know i feel like that fanatic uh headband doesn't really work without the beard like you just it would just look really girly if it was like a clean shaven guy are, there, yeah. are those for sale anywhere they are for sale they yeah. are for sale i don't would, i don't know where but team store or i i would guess um are you thinking I, about going with an ascot like a fanatic ascot <laughs> i don't i don't know. maybe when i'm mowing the lawn or something <laughs> throw the throw the fanatic bandana on yeah a bandana a good headband it gets a you know it doesn't get appreciated enough in everyday life you know if you do the hat backwards to like fight the sweat that's a losing battle man you yeah. get yourself a good yeah good handkerchief what the fuck <laughs> like bandana, bandana. <laughs> a headband that sort of thing or a uh or, or a modern uh train robbery with you your fanatic, 
do you think that Bryce had to email uh, Ben Simmons at a particular time of day in order to, you know, headband it up for, for this series? Or... Bandana bros? <laughs> or is this not part of the headband bro situation? No, this is definitely... Uh, 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 leave Jimmy Butler out of this. <laughs> He's well, dead to me. I just want to see the fanatic bandana headband on the Sixers next year. Well, that'd be phenomenal. You laugh, but uh, did anybody else see that Caesar Hernandez is wearing a Sixers T-shirt under his uniform? Uh, at least during this series, I guess it's the right shade of blue. Nice. No, I, I, didn't, I, I didn't pick that up. Yeah, synergy, baby. <laughs> All right, but let's talk about these Phillies because, uh, you know. We find ourselves. The Braves are playing the Nationals right now, so uh, it's Sunday night. Uh, so we don't, we won't get these final. But basically, we are seven games behind the Braves in the NL East, and we are right now half a game behind the Nationals and the Brewers uh, for the wild card. You know, depending on what happens tonight with the Nationals, yeah. right? So I, I don't know what happened this week. We split a four-game series with the Dodgers. That. Everyone's thumping their chest over splitting a four-game set at home. One of our uh, losses was sixteen to two, which was also not exactly yeah, something to crow about. You know, I don't know how impressed anyone is with that. And you know, we took two out of three against the Pirates, barely. Yeah. You know, I don't know. We really had to scrap and fight for that. You know, I don't want to take anything away from the you know winning a series because, dear Lord, we haven't done that against the team other than the Mets. In what feels like three months. Yeah. <laughs> a trimester. <laughs> <laughs> one of one of Bryce Harper's, you know, trimesters. <laughs> I don't know what I'm getting with that. But anyway, so how do we feel about the Phillies? Should we feel better than we did a week ago or kind of the same? I feel kind of the same. Intellectually, I feel the same. Intellectually, I feel, well, this okay. doesn't prove anything. Okay, emotionally, how do you feel? Emotionally, I feel better. I, the, like, the, the little spark of hope left in me has been fanned. You know, just going like, well, if we can turn it around. And I don't know how. Like, I don't know how. We I don't know how. have the arms. I know how. who it was. It was Drew Smiley today, Chuck. That's what fanned that, uh, that flame. Oh, yeah, Guy Smiley, man. He... Uh, <laughs> He has given me so much hope, and if you don't look at his stats before he got to Philly, um, okay, you know, he, that he, was exactly what I was just going to bring up. <laughs> yeah, don't look at them; they are not good. Eight point four eight was his ERA, I believe. There were two eights in your ERA. That's never good if they're they're in, if one of them is in front of the decimal. Yeah, yeah. So so before he came to Philly, or at least this is what Baseball Reference has for his twenty nineteen stats. He's uh, minus point seven WAR, so he's below a replacement level pitcher. Uh, he was one in five, uh, with an 8.42 ERA. At least that's what I had. And his whip was basically two. Why couldn't um, we find a replacement level pitcher then? That's my, that's my real question. If there were some of those out there, I'd like one of those, please. So that is basically saying that the Phillies in their system do not have a, even a replacement level pitcher to, to, to bring in. That they're willing to sacrifice to the wolves of the Pittsburgh Pirates. <laughs> or, or that they're willing to bring up at this time. Right. So I, I I don't know. These are the moves. You're 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 at the junkyard trying to get your car to start. You're looking for spare parts. This is basically the, the equivalent of that. Do you think they just had no interest in sending anything away? Because I, what did we get Smiley for? Cash considerations? Or, no, he was actually like literally just on the on the on the waiver wire, right? 
He was just picked up. Like, he wasn't even a trade. Um, we traded for that reliever from, from the Twins for cash considerations. Which, no, he was a free agent, so yeah. we signed him, right? He just, yeah, he was just available. He was just available. But he yep. has stats in, this, in, the, in the season, which means somebody was like, see ya. So... <laughs> Yeah, he – I think he was on the – was he on the Brewers? Oh, no, he was uh, – uh, the Rangers. Okay. Rangers. That's right. There we go. Um, yeah, and then also uh, – But he's not Vince Velasquez, so – He – well, no, he's not. But – I don't know. I don't know much <laughs> about him. I, I, I mean, he looked good today. Yeah. Do you, do you think I, I it was mean, a, a I, case of the uh, the the American League pitcher against an, an American a National League um, lineup for the first time through kind of situation, or do you think this guy really just needed yeah. a fresh start? Yeah, I think that I think the Pirates are bad. I think uh, they haven't seen him. He's in a new league, or he's back in the NL. I don't know. Yeah, uh, it, it's a he, it was a rough day out in Pittsburgh as well, like temperature wise, and yeah, you know sometimes. A bad player has a good game. Hopefully, hopefully he's this great pitcher and waiting. But I don't think anyone's really expecting that. Do no, th- he's not the savior. And don't go out and get your Drew Smiley jerseys just the th- yet. The thing that's interesting is it does move. Who's a, did it move? Ah, uh, uh, one of the starting Pavetta. Pavetta to the pen. Okay, so that moves Pavetta. Do you think that he's going to be like a like a sixth, seventh inning guy? They moved. Sir Anthony to the 60-day DL, so I guess we have no expectation of seeing him again this year unless maybe by some chance we end up in the postseason. So the Um, move to accommodate the acquisition of Drew Smiley was we designated Fernando Salas for assignment. Right. Now, that's just to make room for him on the roster. I mean, what it does to the rotation, uh, I think it was move Pavetta it moves Pavetta out. So right. I guess at this time, at this point in time, Velasquez is in Pavetta's out. Is that how that's working? Yeah. Uh, because Pavetta came in relief on Saturday night. Right. And did the thing that Pavetta does blow up. <laughs> I mean, it was just a, an adventure. He botched the throw out at third. Cause he, I mean, did you see it? Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, I don't know, like, I I can't, I, I don't really have a lot, my confidence level is not very high right now with the Phillies. It just feels like treading water now. At so this I, point. I, yeah, I mean, you're you're not wrong. Like, there's, there's nothing to be confident about. The starting pitching outside of NOLA has been abysmal. The bullpen is horrible. <laughs> you know, it's... And then the the lineup's just not hitting the way it should. Um, although I don't know what they'd have to do to overcome that. Like, is the expectation put up seven runs a night? You know. <laughs> yes, uh, that's what I want. I want I want Harper and and Hoskins to have like. All right, sorry, we're having a we're having a position player only meeting uh, right now, and they need to close the door and go. Look, we got to put up seven a night. It's all on us. We can't rely on anybody else. Let's just do this and find a way. I, there's no, there's no alternative, or else you're going to lose. 
but it feels like the lineup right now is let's see nine pitches in at bat and walk or strike out unless you're Gene Segura and get a single. Like that's how it feels. It feels like Hoskins and and Harper to the most, you know, with 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 some exceptions is see a ton of pitches walk or strike out. Well, I think Harper specifically has gotten a lot more aggressive over the last week. I think maybe in like the middle of that Dodgers series, he started to go up there really with more of a, an attack first mindset. Right. But yeah, I mean, I think that the I think the organization preaches a culture of you know, let's go at it Yankee Red Sox style and see a lot of pitches wear out starters. Which is fine if you have the arms that can keep you in games so that you can wear people down, you know, in that fashion. But Which is fine if you can hit a fastball. Right. Well, that's the problem. <laughs> You're missing the... fastballs right. all day long. Yeah. I... They have to hit the pitches that are there for them to hit, and they're not doing that if... except for Gene Segura. And maybe that was the thing that McCutcheon was doing, was putting that kind of pressure on pitchers when the two of them were up there you know, with getting on base all the time, and that's what we've kind of lost. Is... Yeah, but I don't. I mean, I I do not think we'd be in first place right now, even with a healthy McCutcheon. Oh God, no, no, no. I mean, the, the pitching staff is terrible. If you listen to our terrible announcers, they will constantly say that that was like, oh, that was the pitch to hit, and that at bat, like that was the mistake pitch. We just missed it, right? You know, but it seems like the other lineup does not miss a single mistake pitch that our staff throws. Well, yeah, because they're going 85 miles an hour straight down the middle. Like... Oh, so you want to talk about Mike Mike Morin? <laughs> the the second slowest pitcher in the major leagues, I believe I saw a stat. Oh. I think that there are probably people. Uh, I think it's like average pitch speed is 78 miles an hour. There, there are people <laughs> that might be able to beat the pitch from like on foot to home plate. Like that might be a thing. <laughs> We got Mike Morin. Oh, shoot. You guys wanted Mike Minor. Uh, <laughs> messed up again. Is he actually throwing the Ephus? Is that is that his, is that his, his secondary pitch? He goes change up Ephus. Yeah. No, that's basically what it is. It's like his change up. Well, his fastball is another pitcher's change up, and his change up is the His Ephus. little league. His yeah. change up is little league. <laughs> <laughs> But that's Philly. So I mean, who do, who do we have coming up this week? Do you guys know? Off day. I know next I weekend it's the Braves. Yeah, thank God. I want to see three. You got to win all three. Get me back in. Win all three. Yeah, if we can close that the gap to lot. like five games, then we're going to go and buy another pitcher. That's what I think. If we can close the gap to five or less by the deadline. Oh, we, we got this junky little two game series against Detroit, right? Yeah, which is annoying. Yep. So is it's like a home? day off tomorrow, two games against Detroit, day off, three games against the Braves. Right. Yeah, it's a weird week. Yeah, right. yeah we should be able to uh, set up the rotation nicely, go in there with actually three starting pitchers ready to pitch games against the first-place team in your division. And you got to win them all. Cause is, that in, is that in Atlanta or is it at home? I think it's yeah, at home. If it's, it's at, at home, home, then you need to win all three. We should go. <laughs> 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 that sounds like a waste of time and money. Oh, <laughs> and Chuck's the optimist. Chuck, just because uh, just you'll melt. Yeah. <laughs> It'll cool off by then. It'll be okay. All right. So that's Phillies. What else happened? Hall of Fame. 
Woohoo! I, I guess woohoo. Hoo. That's a that's a w- odd transition to go talk about a dead man, but. <laughs> well, yeah. So uh, Roy Halladay got the uh, the Hall of Fame induction today. Any thoughts, comments, concerns, I questions? Still, I still think it's weird that he's not wearing a Blue Jays hat. I so, just think it's weird. And I'm starting to I, I'm starting to feel it's weird to have the blank hat. Blank hats are yeah. are not cool. When when two generations from now walk through the Hall of Fame and you look at a plaque with someone with the blank hat, I don't know what I don't know I don't know how I feel about that. Like if I see a plaque with someone with a blank hat, what does that say to me? That they couldn't decide who they wanted to. You know, does what the, I mean, it just does the team not exact. I I don't. Yeah, I blank hat says to me like true journeyman, you know. I they played for like seven different teams, yeah. you know, in fourteen years in the league or something like that. That's what a so, blank hat. So says you to would me. be like a like a Jamie Moyer. Although I guarantee you, if Moyer was put in the Hall of Fame, he'd go in a Mariner. Yeah, as that well he should. Sense. Yeah, but no, he he should be wearing a Blue Jays hat, and I don't know. It almost feels like placating the Philly fans. And honestly, it shouldn't even be the decision of the player or their family posthumously or or the organizations. It could, should be strictly a, a decision that when you are voted in, you are voted in as, you know, insert blank. Like, when the writers did the vote, they should be like, we are voting in Roy Halladay of the, you know, for his, you know, Blue Jay. Like, they should, you know, they should state unequivocally like we are making the decision that this is what team you're what franchise you're going to represent it should be like a emmy submission because we're like all they hate, take... we hate the writers and we hate the the sports writers anyway so what why not just compile the problem i mean do you guys know what what logo or what team is on uh randy johnson's plaque he's a diamondback isn't he yeah he's he's in as a diamondback but i mean he could just as easily have gone in as a mariner. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I was there much said, longer. I, but at least he made a decision. And I I mean you could, that's what I'm saying. So he yeah. went in as a diamondback. That is where he won his world championship. Yeah. So I mean, there's an argument to be made for that, you know. He was probably the greatest Arizona diamondback that ever played. I don't think you would say that about Halliday. You wouldn't say that he's he, maybe. Would you even say he's in the top five Phillies pitchers of all time? Oh well, I, I don't mean, know. I mean, sing, single season. Like if it's saying like top single season of you know a, a pitcher in Phillies history, then I think he's top five. Hell, maybe even top three because that one season in what was it, twenty eleven? Yeah, uh, was phenomenal. It was. It was history making, right? But that's it. the The longevity's just not there. He, yeah, I mean, who would you put in the top? You'd have uh, Carlton, sure, uh, Roberts, right, uh, Bunning, right. Uh, I don't know. I mean, so they always say Schilling, Hamels, like maybe Schilling, maybe Hamels. If you want to talk yeah. modern players, certainly they would have a, 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 you know, be in the conversation. Hamill's absolutely in the conversation. He was the the MVP yeah, no of doubt. the championship. So, no doubt. you know, 
and and I mean, you by the same token, you could you can say, I would put maybe Cliff Lee ahead of him because Cliff Lee at least pitched for us in the World Series. <laughs> I mean, I know Cliff Lee didn't throw a perfect game. Cliff Lee didn't throw a no hitter, but like was, certainly had to be provocative. Now, Gene certainly had as many dominant. Performances. <laughs> but yeah, you're no, you're right. I am being provocative, but but that's the thing is that I, I think that Randy Johnson, if that's a comparison, like. You could make a case that Randy Johnson, because it's a young franchise, was the greatest player in that franchise's history. I would certainly say it's between him and Louis Guzman and – or Louis Gonzalez, not Louis Guzman. I think that's <laughs> an actor. actor. Yeah. I think that's an actor. <laughs> Matt, uh, Matt Williams. Matt Williams. I, I don't even think you would throw – I don't know that you've put Schilling in that conversation, honestly. Maybe he's like the five there. But um, maybe. But but I feel like that's that's the conversation. If you're the greatest player for a franchise, that's you know you, you can put your put that on your hat. But you could say that Roy Halladay might be one of the greatest Blue Jays of all time. I would say he's probably in the top three. Yeah. So yeah, I, I that's why that. it feels kind of weird that he's maybe one of the best players for that franchise. He had maybe one of the best seasons for our franchise. And we're calling it square. It's it's yeah. just really like that just feels wrong to me. And I, obviously, you know, I'm biased to a certain degree, but like he, you know, how he still feels like a, a blue jay to me. Yeah, it feels like we're taking something that isn't ours. You know, I think the whole, you know, uh, holiday's time in Philly was nice. You know, it was. It was it was fun while he was here. I certainly loved it while he was here. I think I said it, it was the best case of someone ever living up to the hype, you know, bringing in uh, a player and then, you know, exceeding expectations. Um, maybe outside of one game with the Cardinals against the Cardinals. But, um, y- you know, he. So, what's what? Uh, no, I was just going to say. um I, I thought you were petering out on your thought there, but I, I, I wanted to bring up Bryce Harper. Like, ha, when will be the tipping point with Bryce Harper where people not just because, I mean, he's going to be here for 13 years. So we are going to, by the end of that time, totally embrace Bryce Harper as a Philly. Um, if we haven't already, you know, I don't know where everyone is emotionally on that scale. Um, but, you know, nationally, when is he going to be seen as Bryce Harper? And then you know you automatically link him to Phillies. I think because if Bryce Harper goes in, he's going to wear a Phillies hat. Yeah, and I think the off season waiting for him to sign, and the the drama around him signing, I I think that actually really helps associate him with the Phillies. It's not going to be something that you missed. You know, he he's out there, MLB the show or whatever the name of the game is, cover boy in the Phillies uniform, you know, fanatic cleats, fanatic headband. You know, he's making a lot of effort to be associated with Philly. I'd, I'd say year three, you know. Yeah. I was going to say there's a three-year window. If yeah. by the end, of, you know, there's this season, next season, the following season. If by the end of that time we haven't seen some sort of real step forward and I'm, I'm very seriously we need to make a playoff appearance and honestly we have to at least win a series in that window there is no reason why next season with a with a with a year off we can't 
find out what we need to do to solve this problem. I feel like the 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 whole goal of this offseason was to get Bryce Harper in camp. They were the 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 front office was solely focused on getting him. It was into spring training before he came in that they didn't really team build. So now you've got your guy, you've got your centerpiece, build the team. Either promote the guys in the system that are, are going to be the future or go out and get some young arms or, you know, other players and and let's do this. And, you know, you're, you're on the clock now. Just do it. All right. Did you guys catch uh, uh, Brandy Holiday's uh, speech? I just saw like more of like the emotion of it. I didn't really hear a lot about um, what the content was. So you have to catch me up. Nah, it was. I mean, I got it. It was pretty flat. I mean, there wasn't yeah. much to it. It was pretty. I, I got. It was really vanilla. I guess you'd say. It's just all the things you would think. Although it was, there was some like stuff in there about like Roy Howdy being like a, a big, a big time gambler, and then he would lose on purpose to help out his friends. Oh, weird. Yeah, I, I say I do that as well. <laughs> <laughs> and then he would, like, help people out by, like, having them do laundry, but then put money in the pockets of the clothes and telling them to keep whatever they found. Oh. I, I don't know. I, I didn't know if that was, like, a family member or oh. if that was <laughs> an employee or I'm not – I wasn't totally sure on that because I didn't rewatch it, but – so I, I feel like there's I was a kind of like why are we talking what? Really? Okay, cool. <laughs> I feel like there's a right answer to this question, but um, you know, obviously I guess the the decision was to let Brandy do do the speech and you know you know, you get, you cut her some slack because obviously she's a widow and not a professional speaker. You know, she was it's not like she spent her whole childhood dreaming about what she would say you know, for the hall of fame, but yeah, okay. for when her late husband goes in the hall of fame, right. You know, I mean like, you know, it, that must've been like one of the hardest things you'd ever have to do, but like also one of the happiest moments for life must've been really weird. So, but if you could have picked a, a Roy Halliday teammate and, and for the purposes of this argument, we'll say a Phillies teammate. And I feel like there's a right answer. Who would it be? And why does the speech have to be in English? I, I don't think so. I think you could have it subtitled. Um, well, I think it would be Carlos Ruiz. I think, uh, you know, he was his first mate. You know, the, the two of them crafted those that no-hitter and that perfect game. Ahoy, Carlos! <laughs> Ahoy! <laughs> I, I was trying to think of, like, like I, I guess maybe, like, a right-hand man would be better. I don't know, but... Sidekick? Um, sidekicks? No, 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 no. It's... I'm going back to first mate. Damn it! Okay, um, all right, and I don't know what did battery mate. That's usually battery the... mate. Yeah. All right, fine. Carlos Ruiz. All right, good <laughs> answer. Good answer. <laughs> good answer. Good answer. I feel like all you would need to do is just have have Chooch just go up to the podium and 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 hug someone and and then sit down and that. <laughs> Every everybody in Philadelphia would have been weeping. Like that would have been enough. Just have just have like like a WWE style. Just like all of a sudden it's like, oh my god, it's Chooch's walk up music. <laughs> all right, shut up. I want Chase Utley giving the speech. Didn't Roy Halladay say that Chase Utley is his favorite player? Yeah. Yeah. Come on, you got 
you have a, a percentage chance of profanity in a Hall of Fame speech. You know, and anytime the answer, your answer can be Chase Utley, it should be your it should answer, o- it right? Should be Chase, right, exactly. Uh, although just to, to for for interest sake, because I think it would be an interesting speech, I think that I would have said the fly in Hawaiian because uh, I feel like he kind of was in some ways other than, you know, obviously Chase with his he always picked his spots when he would talk, but like that whole run, I feel like Shane Victorino was kind of like the spokesman for the squad. So um, it might've been interesting to see what, what he would have had to say about doc. Yeah. I mean, you could put Charlie up there. Oh yeah. You can go like, what the hell is this guy saying? Right. <laughs> or you could put um, Ruben Amaro up there who, you know, coveted Roy Halladay, like right. a prize pig at a fair yeah was willing to trade <laughs> cliff lee for like two years just to get him for no reason yeah. ruben was like do you just want one of my children also <laughs> yeah. anything i'll just trade cliff lee just to show you how serious i am because <laughs> roy right. holiday was traded for the rights to ruben amaro the third all right well we are like getting into the later stages of july here and there's not really a lot of news going on in the sports world so gene you came up with a fun little game for us to do today uh regarding the hall of fame so you want to so i lay out what we're going to do here it might be interesting if since uh you know we're getting close to our year anniversary believe it or not it's just a couple weeks away and um maybe with it being kind of hall of fame season in a couple weeks we're going to have the uh one of my favorite football games in the whole world, the Hall of Fame game, where you see the scrubs of the scrubs play against each other in, in Canton, Ohio, in front of a handful of folks. Um, I thought maybe it would be a good time for us to induct the first class into Potadelphia's Hall of Fame. So uh, this is how we set it up. We each took uh, one of the teams. I took the Sixers. Dave took the Phillies. Chuck took the Flyers, of course. And then we all collectively each picked three Eagles and the, the restriction was it needed to be a retired player from the franchise who played during our lifespan and is not currently a member already of the that league's respective Hall of Fame. Wait, I thought they had to be retired for at least five years. That's what I said. They have to be retired okay, well, for five years. retired, so I didn't, I didn't you know, right. I, didn't, I wish wanted to make sure five years. Clear. So, like, you know, not somebody that retired last year. Um, so I think also maybe the unspoken rule was, like, kind of need to – embody the potadelphia ethos you know what i mean like yeah i don't think any of us have got to on our list just for example you know i don't know that he's in the hall of fame oh well that's true so he would be negated right but anyway but but if he weren't you know it would it like i forget because he didn't show up (laughs) i uh yeah but like the it's not a strictly numbers thing is what you're saying, right? Right. It's not a strictly like some emotional... numbers thing. It can be it, it, everything that we wish sometimes the Hall of Fames would be. Uh, but, yeah. Right. So, so the I, way mean, we... I think the five years thing is important because it yeah. means, like, no no, no J-Roll, no Ryan Howard, no Chase Utley. Yeah, that was the, the thing was with, with the 08 class of Phillies, that kind of, you know, they're going to have to wait their turn a little bit. So Right, right. They're, they're not up for induction this year. So who wants to go for it? I think I think we should lead off with Chuck with the Flyers. What do you think? Okay, I'm up for that. So two of these uh, came to me immediately. Uh, the third one actually came pretty quick, but I struggled as to 
you know somebody else should bump them out um bump them off bump them off the list <laughs> This is a uh, David Ortiz situation. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. All right. So uh, the first nominee is Ron Hextall. Um, All-time Flyers, great goalie, played during our lifetime, uh, occasionally gets mentioned in the outside chance to make the Hockey Hall of Fame. Uh, Next, the greatest. Wait, hell yeah. Wait, hold on. He's not in the Hall of Fame? He is not in the Hall of Fame. That actually really surprises me. Honestly. Yeah, what's keeping him out of the Hall of Fame? Um, lack of cuppage. <laughs> no, not just lack of cuppage. It's odd the goaltenders that don't make it into the Hall of Fame. Like, do you have Goal- to be like really spectacular to be a goalie that gets in? Pretty much, yeah. And Hextall was a great goaltender for a while, and then a good one for even longer. But he's not a slam dunk. Like, can he, I ask, is, is like, Dominic Hasek, is he in the Hall of Fame? He is. He is. Okay. Yeah, what would, uh, Chuck, what would you say is a good comparable to, to Ron Hextall? Ugh. I mean, obviously, like, if Brodeur and Wah are your tier ones, right? Brodeur, Patrick Ra, those guys are the tier ones. Ed, Ed Belfour. Ed Belfour, maybe Ed the Eagle. Yeah, I think uh, Belfour would be a little above Hextall. Um uh, you know, uh, a modern comparable goalie, I think, might be like Ryan Miller. Mm, okay. um, Miller had, you know, he has that uh, silver medal, but I think Hextall ended up had, you know, some international competition as well. But really good for a time. Pretty good all the rest of the time. Maybe Miller's a little bit better than him, but I think Ryan Miller's a pretty good comparable. I mean, he's a, he's a Finals MVP. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. And that's about it. Like, yeah, no, uh, no other and hardware. Pretty, and that was pretty early in his career, you know. That that was his uh, rookie yeah. year. Yeah. Um, peak too early. I don't think he ever won but the best. You get bonus points for MVP on the losing team. I mean that's pretty friggin' incredible. Losing goalie on the uh, you know MVP is the goalie on the losing team. That that is pretty incredible. It, it is. Also, you have to remember. I don't know why this doesn't come up more, but the the Conn Smythe winner on a losing team almost always, I think always actually, comes in a game seven, and they vote after the second period. Ah, uh, so. Oh, really? Yes. Now that may have changed no, know that. in modern times, so they might have, you know, the ability to do a quick like, you know, hey, everyone, get out your cell phone and text that, me who you want it to be. That is completely asinine. That is so stupid. It's <laughs> fucking dumb as shit. What that they voted after the second period? Yeah, because then yes. Like... What if something amazing happens? I don't know, but they they don't have time to get the message down. I don't. I didn't come up with this rule. I'm what just if saying it goes that like the, six overtimes. I'm holding basically... you accountable for this. <laughs> Apparently so. Um, well, and if it went six overtimes, maybe they would vote again at every intermission. But okay, whatever. So Fine. that that's all. Hex. I got the consmite, and we're all upset he's not in the actual hockey hall of fame. Yeah, so good candidate. Con. That's a good candidate, Chuck. Yeah. Uh, next up would be, um, I think the last fifty goal scorer in um, Flyers history. Um, 
most game-winning goals for the Philadelphia Flyers uh, in the American Hockey Hall of Fame. Number ten, John LeClaire. Mm. Yeah, uh, my favorite, my favorite player on the Legion of Doom team. He's up there. I love that Legion of Doom, you know, line. I would probably say Lindros, you know, beats him out a little, but it's it's close um, for me. But I think somebody who really embodies the Potadelphia uh, ethic of you know he he scored a lot of hard goals, man, and he was a hard person to play against, and he really you know Eric Lindros is not in the Hockey Hall of Fame without John Leclerc. So you mean once he got posted up in front of the net, it was like you couldn't move him out of there. Yeah, I would love to see how many of Lindros's assists are to ten. Like that that percentage is got to be very heavily weighted. Oh, sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, and the last candidate, he, he... I'm really hoping it's the player that I'm thinking of. So Is the player you're thinking of Rod Brindamore? Yes, it is. Yep. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> because he jumped to mind actually immediately when it came to, you know, who is a Potadelphia kind of player. And then I kicked him off the list, said, let's find people better. And then it was, yeah, definitely Hexall, definitely LeClaire. And I was like, is it Brindamore? And it is. I mean, he, yeah. uh, captain of the Stanley Cup winning team, obviously not with the Flyers, was, you know, the backbone. Like the the Selkie Trophy, who I think only won once, um, should have been renamed after Rod Brindamore. He... And what is that, what is that the award for? Uh, uh, best two-way player, best uh, defensive forward. Um so he he's just a phenomenal player the the kind of guy you just root for um i'd love to see him back associate with the flyers someday but i think his home's in carolina now but those are are my three candidates and i'd be happy with any one of them he's kind of like a he's kind of like an utley comp for me yeah yes yes that's a great comparison that's a great comparison and rod brindamore is not in the hockey hall of fame he is always mentioned in the you know maybe in an off year brendan moore gets in so i think he'd be he had more such likely a long career and was so good for two franchises yeah. and it would be hard pressed to say that he's you know he's definitely a top 25 flyer probably you know or, Those are, or, or knocking I'll on the door what. and, yeah, and that... he might be the best carolina hurricane um, uh, probably not the best Carolina Hurricane, but maybe their best captain, most identified with the Hurricane franchise. Um, uh, I don't know if maybe Ron Francis or Jeff Skinner, or, but he's up there, Gene. He's definitely up there and probably most identifiable with, with the Hurricanes. Yeah, I got to say, man, all, uh, three totally worthy candidates, and they are all like Potadelphia approved type type guys too so that's that's a tough one so so what is the game that like gene and i discuss so before? you and I, I, mean, I think we did kind of talk about it quite yeah, a bit it's one of those things where if you and i can come to a consensus on who should be of those three then obviously chuck doesn't need to vote but if you and i are split then chuck would break the tie kind of like the vice president in the senate got it got it <laughs> well, all right well i mean i am leaning one way uh so where's your head at, Gene? Uh, I have a Ron Hextall poster hanging prominently in my house, 
And uh, even though in my childhood bedroom, my prized possessions were two things, my Legion of Doom poster and my signed Rod Brindamore puck. So <laughs> I am emotionally attached to all three of these players. Like they, these are, this was a, this is a very tough decision, but very seriously, I feel like of, of those three players, the one that had the biggest impact on the franchise and is most identifiable with the franchise, you know, you don't really think of them as anything else. Um, is is John LeClaire, honestly. I feel like he's the one that's legitimately closest to the to the actual Hall of Fame and um he he was probably the best player of those three that for the longest. That's that's my take. Is I would say John LeClaire. See, I uh I, I was all right, if there wasn't this shit like this recency shit that happened with Ron Hextall, I think I would have been like a slam dunk Hextall voter here uh, but i just had this like bad taste in my mouth from this whole gm experience um so when i think about the flyers and like you said like mark on the mark on the history of the organization and like when i think about happier times with the flyers i'm leaning rod brindamore so that's kind of where my head is at so i don't know we might have to have chuck break a tie here Oh, uh, that's tough. It's like picking between my children. Um, but Katie, if... it's always Katie, right? <sighs> no, she screams in my face too much. She's my <laughs> little girl, and I love her to pieces. But Connell's much easier to get along with. Um, I would say, God, John Leclaire. I think just the majority of his career was with the Flyers, even though he won a cup with. Uh, the Canadians. Um, but I think his legacy is so connected to the Flyers. So I guess that's our first inductee to go. the Potadelphia Hall of Fame from the Philadelphia Flyers is number 10, John LeClaire. The great thing about that was there was really no bad choice. So definitely not. I feel like we might see those names again in the future. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully we will continue to do this. We got to determine um, how many years you can have uh, this player on the ballot. Yeah, before, oh, you, before, you, get, before you get bumped. Yeah. <laughs> then you got to go to the Veterans Committee. All right. Uh, who, who, who do we want to kick it over to? How let's, about you know the Flyers and the Sixers are always you know same time of year. So, uh, Gene, how about you hit us up with the uh, Sixers? All right, I'm ready. I, uh, I have three Sixers. The thing that was tricky about the Sixers is um, – a lot of the great players were before our lifetime and right. are in the National Basketball Hall of Fame. Then there was that early, uh, you know, that early period where, you know, there's a chance that, that there's Sixers teams that are in the, the greatest teams of all time conversation. And then you get to a long period of, of, of god-awfulness, frankly. Um, so there, there's a lot of, you know, I was looking at lists where there are, there are people like, Jimmy Butler in the top 20, you know, and he was here for half a season. So, um, Jesus God. and top 20 of the whole franchise. Well, and, and, and it's so front heavy because the Sixers have had some of the all time, all time great players, doc, right. Uh, will, uh, Moses, all these people have one name like share. You don't even need to say the rest of their name. <laughs> so here's the three that I landed on and they all kind of embody a similar 
epic, I think. So uh, two are from the early period, the, the early 80s to mid-80s period, and, and then one from the modern era, uh, semi-modern era. So uh, the first player I picked was uh, Chocolate Thunder, Daryl Dawkins. And yeah, uh, and uh, I'm gonna if you guys need me to make a pitch, I'll make a pitch for him. Um, I got a couple of stats. There's he was drafted in high school, so he started his career off slow, but was only just turning 19. Um, he was traded in '82 to make room, kinda for Moses Malone. Um, but he did take the you know play for the Sixers in a finals appearance he was the starting center for the Sixers in the 78-79 finals uh that lost to a pretty good Lakers team uh, he was also and this was one that kind of really pushed him towards the towards the front for me he was a globe trotter oh hmm. I think I knew that yeah. I think I knew that and he was a globe trotter in 1994 Oh wow! Oh wow! So well, me, I didn't know that. Strangely, if you look at his uh, his 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 career, he was playing basketball up until 2010, or 2001, I think, uh, and then was dead by 2015. So, you know, he was basically, you know, he probably should have kept playing. It was probably keeping <laughs> him alive. Um, so that's, and he also has maybe the all-time all-time great Sixer nickname. You know. He's yeah. he's chocolate thunder. Now he did now he did play in our lifetime, but um, for, for most of that we were not potty. Yeah, crazy. no, we, we were <laughs> we were kind of young. So, but that's the tricky thing with the Sixers is no, you the know Sixers are really tough. I, I, I'm we, happy that you took on that challenge. We're in the in the middle period, you know. So it, it, yeah. so my 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 next pick also similar era. And uh, now I have actually sought out watching tape of this guy play because very seriously, this was the legend that I heard before I heard about Dr. J. Um, this was my dad's favorite player, Andrew, the Boston Strangler, Tony. Uh, he's a career oh, yeah. 50% shooter. He played, believe it or not, this surprised me. He played in 72 playoff games for the Sixers. 72 playoff games for the Sixers. Wow. Um, he did play in 81 games, made 80, 81 appearances in the 82-83 championship series uh, season, uh, and averaged 30 points per game in that season. Made two all-star game appearances during the 80s when th the league was, was not as deep and the stars were brighter. Um, he scored 34 against Boston, as well as having a 39-point game in the same series. He scored 34 in Game 7 of the 82 Eastern Conference Finals, which is what really gave him that Boston Strangler moniker. That was yeah. My favorite thing about that is that was given to him by Boston sports writers. That's not <laughs> Philadelphia sports writers. The Boston sports writers called him the Boston Strangler. Um, Contemporary players of Anthony of Andrew Tony say that he could have been an NBA Hall of Famer had his feet held up. And uh, Charles Barkley, never one to shy away from opinion. Charles Barkley says he was the best player I ever played with. Played for the Sixers until 1988, from 1980 to 1988. Uh, had a couple of seasons where he literally played a handful of games, um, but was you know. 72 playoff appearances for for the for the squad. There are guys that played for this franchise a lot longer than that that didn't have that many playoff appearances. Um I think there's more than AI, for example. Um and last Man, I'm just like looking through his stats here. 81-82, he had a 42% uh three-point shot. Yeah. 
That's that's like Steph Curry territory. Yeah. Yeah, he was like an he was he was he was like a an average forty one percent three point shooter for his. Yeah, career. I mean Curry for his career is a forty three. So mm-hmm. I mean that's he a was like pretty, right there. Yeah, the guy the guy was dead was deadly. Um, and lastly, I have Aaron McKee. He I is, knew it. If I, is, I if I if I had to bet on this, I knew Aaron McKee was going to be number three. Aaron McKee from the two thousand one team was uh, was on a lot of those really good teams and was the quintessential six man. Won six men of the year, I believe, in two thousand one. Uh, was a great great two way player. Uh, was a defensive specialist though. That was. He was always the guy that was going to go out and probably guard, uh, you know, other than maybe a, a four or a five. But he was going to take the best one, two, three uh, that the other team was going to give you on any given night. We forget how shallow that 2001 team is. That is not a deep team. It's really Allen Iverson, pick your center because it was, um, you know, well, Theo in the beginning. And the, well, Theo and in the beginning. Matumbo and Geiger were well, the and, centers. And, 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 and Ratliff, uh, Ratliff, uh, Ratliff in, the, in the beginning of the year. And then he broke his wrist, and that's why they had to go and get Matumbo. Right. Um, but really, it was a two kind of two-man team, and, and – and then it was a, a lot of role players. But maybe nobody was as good at their role as Aaron McKee. Um, and, I, you know, they, they gave the, the Lakers everything they could handle. They were the only one to take a, 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 get a win off that squad uh, in 01, which I, I know I bring that up constantly. Um, but, yeah, he was also maybe my favorite player other than AI to watch on the court. Every time you would see that, that beard that blended into the hair, you know, all together, all, all all at the same time, you knew you knew that somebody was going to get locked down. So uh, my, my third vote is for Aaron McKee. Plus, he stayed local. He's going to be the coach at Temple, uh, which was his um, – I think it was his alma mater. So, yep. you know, that's a that's a guy who's Philly, uh, Philly through and through. So those are my three that I'm pushing forward, and I, I'm happy to break a tie if you need me to. Oh, that's tough. Um all right, Chuck, where are you going with this? Because I, I, I have a clear-cut leader in the clubhouse here for me. Personally, the, the one I've, I'm most connected to is Aaron McKee. Now, I think Andrew Tony probably deserves it more, like as an iconic name. But personally, for the Potadelphia hall of fame i would i would say aaron mckee okay i mean i'm i'm deep in andrew tony camp here and my it's really fuel like my hatred for the celtics really fuels that engine (laughs) just as much as my admiration for his accomplishments on the court um so anyone that like rises up to a challenge against a rival like i gotta give I got to give a lot of sway to and to do it in the playoffs, like even extra. So I don't know. You're either going to come over to my camp or Gene's got to break the tie. I'll come over to your camp. Yeah. I, I was I was a coin flip, but no, I'm, I'm happy to uh, to get on the Tony train. I think, Gene, you probably would have broke that way also. Yeah, I definitely would have. Honestly, when I was, was going through this, just be you know, all I'd ever heard was, you know, you see his his, you know, famous games that will run on Comcast occasionally. Um, but really going looking at his numbers, all you ever hear is he had bad feet, you know, he, you know, and there were definitely seasons that were lost, but this was not a, a career that was lost. Yeah, he didn't have enough probably to be in the NBA Hall of Fame, but he definitely 
certainly added to the Sixers lure, and he never played for anybody else, and uh, he scared the crap out of Celtics, which that was like the Larry Bird Paris Celtics. So it's not even like we're talking about some chump squad. Like that was a good Celtics team, and they didn't want to play him. So I was going to be Tony all the way. All right. There it is. Second inductee. I like it. We're going Phillies now? Yep. Let's go Phillies. All right. This one was, I, I mean, you could, with the Phillies, it's like you could go like a lot of different ways. Um, so my first candidate here is uh, Dutch Dalton, uh, captain of the beloved 1993 Phillies. Um, he finished in the top 10 and MVP voting for a couple of years. He led the league in RBIs in 92. I mean, out of the catcher spot, uh, that's, that's sort of a big deal. Um, he's just synonymous with the team. I think kind of like a universally beloved kind of guy and exhibited a lot of like gritty leadership qualities that we here at Potadelphia really respect. So Darren Dalton, number one, number one, uh, candidate there another i'll no- just move on to my next one another, interesting <laughs> enough another number if, 10 if there's no commentary he wants to be offered there okay so uh number two for me is kurt schilling i thought uh, kurt might appear on this list and yeah. as he probably should so uh three-time all-star um and then in that in those like late '90s teams, he was kind of like the reason you would go to see a Phillies game. Yeah, you would at you would, all. You would look for the matchups, and if it was going to be, God, if it was going to be like Schilling Glavin or Schilling Maddox, like all of a sudden, even if the Phillies hadn't won a game in two weeks, like you were like, oh, maybe I'll go and spend ten bucks and go sit way up high. Yeah, go run down, get it. Yeah, get an eight dollar ticket and have a section all to yourself. Um, <laughs> I, Dude, in 1998, he had 15 complete games. Yeah, it was crazy. Wow. That's wild. He hit 300 strikeouts twice while with the Phillies. Um, I mean, he was just totally dominant on a team that didn't deserve to have him. Right. Uh, for a long time. And, I mean, he really was our best pitcher in the playoffs in 93. So, yeah. uh, Schilling gets a, gets a lot of credit there. Um, yeah. And a, a quick add-on for me on the 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 Phillies have long been associated uh, with the fight against ALS, and a lot of that has to do with Kurt Schilling. Um, he really looked up to Lou Gehrig, apparently, perhaps for his racism. Who does? Who knows? But um, Lou Gehrig, of course, died of Lou Gehrig's disease, which is now more uh, commonly known as ALS. So. Schilling started that with the Phillies and they have been um, big champions of that cause, a cause near and dear to my heart. So credit where credit is due. Kurt Schilling is a, a big part of that association here in Philadelphia. Yes, but uh, Potadelphia does not share the same political views as Mr. Kurt Schilling, though. Can we uh, can we agree on that one? Yeah, that, may, I think we... that may be a mark against him in the yeah. voting here. Oh, yeah. it definitely is. We'll yeah. talk about it. But... Yeah, yeah, okay, okay, okay. All right, and then, uh, so for my third uh, my third candidate here, um, I actually was able to uh, nominate a member of the 2008 Phillies, and that is Pat the Bat. 
Oh wow, he's has he actually been out of the league five years now? Yeah, uh, his last year was 2011. Wow, so he's been out for a while now. Yeah, um, rookie. He he was fourth in rookie of the year uh, voting in 2000. I mean, he was basically you know homegrown, which you know we love here at Potadelphia. Um, and he was just like a, a clutch member of that of that 2008 team. I mean, when you talk about you know he was kind of you could put it in the bank for 30 homers um for a, for a while there from him and that you know <laughs> doesn't grow on trees as we can uh we can see now um but yeah pat the bat i think he was just, just a uh just one of those potadelphia guys that embodied the phillies during that during that era so those are my three uh kurt schilling darren dalton and pat burl those are three really good ones dave oh all right. I was going to put Juan Samuel in there too, but Juan uh, Samuel. I, I went I went Pat Burrell over Juan Samuel. Uh, good choices all around. Ugh, man, Kurt Schilling is a great player, but a real asshole of a human being. <laughs> so it's it's hard to get behind him. And I honestly think that him being such an asshole is keeping him out of the actual Hall of Fame because I oh, can't I, think so I can't well. figure out why he wouldn't be there when you see some of the other people that are getting in. You're like, but Kurt Schilling was dominant, dominant for three different franchises over 20 years. And you're not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. That's got to be bloody stock, man. The bloody yeah. stock. <laughs> the guy's a legend. The bloody sock, the video game company that he like bankrupt or yeah. <laughs> whatever the hell went on with oh, that. God. Uh, oh man, it's so it's for me, it's between Dutch and Pat the Bat. And once Dave said Dutch, I was gonna have a real hard time voting against him. Uh, Dalton, I don't know, he was like Chase Utley before Chase Utley got here, and I, I would say my vote, vote is for uh, Darren uh, Dutch Dalton. And my, that's mine, too. Darren Dalton was one of the few players that when he went and uh, that, you know, I followed him. And when he played on that World Series team uh, in Florida, I, I have never rooted harder for not only a, a rival team, but for, you know, just for another team that's not from Philadelphia, as I rooted yeah. for that team. And the reason was for no other, you know, was because that was where Darren Dalton was. And I wanted him to get a ring so bad. Um, and I don't think that anybody associates Darren Dalton with the Marlins. It's just that's where he got his ring. Um, I think he's going to be a Philly in everybody's mind. But the other the other thing is, in like kind of like what you said, Chuck, is he was he was kind of like the spiritual forebearer of, of the ethos that, that Chase Utley kind of picked up. Um, and maybe before him, you know, you, you, maybe you had like that kind of like a Larry Boa, maybe it was Pete Rose kind of hybrid if you kind of trace that spiritually back. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's the captain, you know, and will always be the captain of that 93 team. I think it's got to be Dutch and it's not really that close. Yeah, Darren Dalton was like the first player that I that I watched that really embodied the women wanted to be with him and men wanted to be him. Uh type of guy like say he was just the coolest guy i love darren dalton so yeah that's that's where i wanted to go anyway so i'm happy that that darren made it all right how do we want to break up the birds well we each have three for this do we just want to go like categories round 
of like Dave, you throw out your first, and Gene and I will say if we have them on the list. Sure, we can do that. So who okay. wants to go first? You're I'll like go Dave. First. I just said it. You go yeah. <laughs> that is kind of what he's thinking. But hey, I'll go first because I came up with the idea. Uh, the first person on my list is the ultimate weapon, Randall Cunningham. All right, he was not on my list. So. He, no. he he was on my list. All right. All right. So I mean, possible Randall, ca- possible candidate. Possible candidate. Yes. Yeah. Randall's yeah. a possible candidate. <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, he was, he, he was my childhood quarterback, so I love Randall, so I can't, yeah. you know, I can't argue with that. I thought he was going to be the one that we all had, so this is this has already become more interesting to me. I, I did as well. I did as well. But okay. uh, well, it's a good lead-in to mine, so I'll go next because I have Donovan. I do oh. not have Donovan. Yeah. I don't have Donovan either. Right, he's not really liked by us much. But he is the best quarterback in the franchise's history, so I, I don't like hating my like greatest quarterback in my franchise's history. And I do not hate Donovan. I what do you not hate Donovan? I do not hate Donovan. I Donovan is just fine. But and I'm Donovan saying, will always love you. So I I know I think of that in my lowest moments. I go, what's going to get me through this day? Well, number five will always love me. Um. But I do not hate Donovan. I just think that for me, he didn't. He doesn't scream Potadelphia. You know, he'll. That is true. That is true. He's not really a Potadelphia kind of guy. All right. I mean, right. six-time Pro Bowler. You know, he only threw two hundred and thirty-four touchdowns for the Eagles. But you know, whatever. Fuck him. <laughs> no. <laughs> it was a list of three. If it, if I had a list of five, he'd probably be on the list of five. All right, whatever. So Donovan's not a uh, not a contender then. Not we'll, a candidate. We'll okay. Uh, All right, Gene, who you got? Well, we may have to swing back around him if we don't have any other matches. Um, my next my next player is, uh, or my first player is Jerome Brown, number ninety nine. Bring, Bring it home, home for Jerome. For Jerome. I didn't have Jerome, but he was really close to making my list. I also did not have Jerome. Wow. Wow. That's also surprising to me. Too short. Too short a time. All right. Yeah. Um, Next on my list is the thunder rolls in. So if I disappear from the show, it's because the power goes out. (laughs) Who is Um, that? No, no. Thunder (laughs) just rolled in very loudly. Um, Next on my list is Brian Westbrook. I did have him on my list. Oh, good one. I did not have him on mine. Yeah, I thought I thought Westbrook would uh, have a good chance. Uh, man, the longevity of Westbrook. That was yeah. something I was yeah, not expecting. I, how did I overlook Westbrook? Yeah. When did he retire? Um, He retired in I, – I, I looked it up to make certain that he was – It was like was, 2010 okay, I believe you. or 11. He was like 2013, I thought. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, okay. no. But, oh, yeah, so you just made it. I had Westbrook, so that's my three. I had Randall, Westbrook, and Jerome Brown. Okay. All right, Dave. Do we only have one of yours so far? Uh, no, no, we haven't. Well, Donovan was the only one we talked about. Yeah, yeah, but we don't have any other. Ma- we don't have any yeah. matches for Dave, do we? Okay, so so number two for me um, is David Akers. Ah, he was close on my list as well. Wow, six-time Pro Bowler, two times All Pro. Um, I don't know. I don't know if he's the leading scorer in Eagles history or not, but he probably is. Um, you know, 
he led the league in field goals made twice. Um, in 2011, he made 44 field goals with a yeah, he made a 63 yard field. I mean, he was just totally reliable, automatic. It's something that you know we haven't had since David Akers yeah. and fucking Andy Reid railroad him uh, for a playoff loss, which was you know really kind of a sour way to end that Absolutely. relationship. Um, but love David Akers. And he had the whole like uh, uh, martial arts like sensei bow i love so david acres kicker often gets overlooked it, it may be kind of weird for potadelphia to say let's put a kicker into the hall of fame like in the induct- uh, like in the initial class too yeah 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 but, but i, I actually got to david hang acres out with david acres and uh he was a guest on a show i used to produce and i literally got to spend about two hours with him with just hanging out in a trailer with him and he was as cool in real life as he was on tv one of the few people that when you know you're a little starstruck but absolutely within 15 minutes it was just like hanging out with somebody i'd known my whole life so it's one of my favorite moments of my former radio career was getting to meet him and uh i'm actually kind of kicking myself that that i didn't even consider putting a kicker on that's cool man um and he also gave that badass speech in dallas yeah at the draft last year so david Akers, and then my last one um was seth joiner oh wow um, you know, I had to put somebody from that uh, buddy, buddy Ryan defense. And, you know, I, obviously I thought Jerome, I was thinking Eric Allen. See, I was um, kind of thinking Eric Allen too. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, Seth Joyner is just an absolute monster. I think he's still the only player in NFL history with, I, th- I think it's 50 sacks and 20 interceptions. Wow. Um, hold on. I have that. I have that. So we're here. Uh, That's a great stat. Yeah, 50 sacks. And so he's the only player in NFL history with 50 sacks and 20 interceptions. That should be enough to get you into, like, the actual Hall of Fame, honestly. It's a great stat. Yeah. So um, I don't know. You guys didn't have those guys, so. No. Well, I have one last one on mine that you guys didn't have. Uh, Keith Byers. Yeah, you know, I looked at Keith Byers, too. Yeah, the greatest it... block in NFL history. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. All right. So I guess the um, Randall and Westbrook are two definitive candidates. I'd throw my my chips behind David Akers to be the third. I can get down with that. So Randall, Westbrook, and Akers – um, <laughs> I don't even know where to start with. This. I don't know either. I well, I'm just going to put in my vote. I'm I'm voting for Brian Westbrook. Can I look up um his numbers here just so I can get a sense? All right. Well, I was going to vote Randall, so the, the this would mean that Dave's got his choice between two, unless he um, really wants to push David Akers. <laughs> yeah. Well, what happens if I push David Akers? What happens then? Uh, we call Nico. <laughs> <laughs> and we wake his ass up and make him break the tie. <laughs> I would always do it just to have you guys call Nico. <laughs> um, uh, so, Westbrook. Uh, so, Chuck, you said Westbrook, and, and Gene, you're saying Randall? Yeah. Uh, I don't want to be the decision maker here. Were you going to go Akers? No, no. I it 
I was going to say, like, you know, make your case. Maybe you can swing one of them. Go ahead, Chuck. What are you going to say? If you don't want to be the decider, I'm happy to to back uh, Randall. He was literally the first person I wrote down for the Eagles. He, We were talking, you know, off air and on air that there was one that we thought all of us would have. And Gene and I both thought that was Randall. Um yeah, he was, he well, was my first favorite me, player of anything. Like Randall was my ahead. first favorite player of any sport. Yeah, let me go ahead and vote in the franchise's probably fourth best quarterback <laughs> <laughs> to Hall of Fame over you know the best one. At... Now, I... Who's the other one ahead of him? Who are the other two? Well, obviously, we're are we saying Carson, Nick Nick Foles and Carson. Nick Foles did win a Super Bowl. I don't know. I, I don't, Jaws? I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, then you can vote for Westbrook or try to convince us to go for Acres. Is Westbrook... I'm, like, agonizing over this. You really are. I'm torturing myself. Heavy is the head that wears the crown, Dave. Yeah. I don't know. All right. Let's put Randall in. <laughs> <laughs> Under protest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just I, I, I just want to go on record and say that that they Randall's probably the fourth best quarterback in the franchise's history and we just put him in the Hall of Fame. But okay, that's fine. Put Randall in. <laughs> the ultimate weapon. He jumped over a guy. I saw that. <laughs> He's also you a great punter. He's also a really good punter. He was. Had a ninety nine yard punt. That's cool. <laughs> god i can't wait to do this again uh, next year i can't wait to do it again next year yeah it's gonna be fun it's i'm gonna love this tradition hey uh, well let's go to the penalty box (laughs) i think dave might have a last minute audible for the penalty box and put in like gene and i (laughs) or the initial class of the potadelphia hall of fame he's gonna put in randall cunningham for being not good (laughs) All right, Dave, I'm going to give you some time to cool off. Uh, Gene, who is in your penalty box this evening? Oh, thank God, because I thought I was going to get this snaked. Um, Last night during the Phillies broadcast, I'm going to put, like, the whole goddamn booth in because the only inning that got remotely interesting before that rain delay, they had Ken Ticolvi, who is a pirate, sitting in the booth, and they wouldn't shut up as the Phillies started to actually kind of put together a rally. And they completely ignored what the hell was going on the field. They just kept talking about, like, Ken Ticolvi's first time in, in, in Veterans Stadium and how he was afraid that people were, and, and how Ken, Ken Ticolvi puts on his hat. Wow, great, good content. Uh, the Phillies, the actual baseball team, is putting together a run in a close game. Um, so I don't care about a former Pirates closer, honestly. Uh talk about the actual game that's going on. That was one thing that, uh, like, Harry was really good at, was, like, making sure that the actual game kept, like, being talked about even when he was forced to interview some chucklehead that would show up in the booth to get some airtime. So I'm putting Tom McCarthy, uh, whichever goofball, Kruk, I I think it was in there last night, and and Kent Colby, you two for being in the room uh, all into the penalty box for, for that shit show last night. All right. To the Phillies broadcasting booth. Um, did you guys 
eat anything good today i you know i had uh, some pizza we had a sunday night um oftentimes the family we try to do like a family dinner it was running a little late so we ordered Domino's. and i know Domino's. okay right it's not like a good local oh um phil's discord i'm putting the uh <laughs> broadcast booth of the philadelphia phillies uh in the penalty box for a five minute major talk about the game you shouldn't be this bad didn't ben davis also say that the pirates have the best uniforms in major league baseball which is also kind of that's wrong it's just just we could debate that next week though (laughs) plenty of summer left for that kind of content dave who is in your penalty box all right i know i'm hella late on this but I'm putting the movie Shazam in the penalty box. Okay. All right. I just saw it tonight. The kids wanted to see Shazam, so I got it out of the old red box. Last person on earth still using the red box. Uh, but a couple of things. So the movie takes place in Philadelphia, um, and they definitely made sure they checked all the boxes. We got Geno's check. Billy Penn, check. Love statue, check. But there was just like, it was just soulless Philadelphia. It was like a, a an L.A. executive decided to set a movie in Philadelphia and says, what's all the stuff we could put about Philadelphia in a movie? And they missed a ton of opportunities. And the, the, the movie takes place in winter around Christmas time. They could have used some of the actual holiday events that go on in Philadelphia. But no, they made a fake festival called Chill Adelphia. Oh, God. Uh, to uh, To put the pivotal scene in. And you have a ton of people wearing winter hats. There is not one Eagles hat in the entire group. That's a complete violation. Shazam, I'm putting you in the penalty box. (laughs) All right, Shazam. You are going into the penalty box for getting the location right, but none of the soul. You can't buy beer at a convenience store in Philly. Five minute major to Shazam. I intentionally left that one for you because I know that was your initial gripe with the movie. Yeah, it pissed me off a hell of a lot. I I, I don't know why, but it really did. Chuck, who's in your penalty box? Okay, um, this is the first time for me that I'm putting a movie adaptation of a musical in a penalty box. If you have not seen the Cats trailer, proceed with caution. This is some creepy ass shit. (laughs) Like, they have done this hodgepodge thing of, like, makeup and CGI to make these half cat, half people people. And they have them, like, standing on two legs, but at, like, approximate cat height. It is the weirdest shit I've ever seen. Like, if you've ever seen Cats the Musical, A, you know it's not good. B, <laughs> they just have people, like, kind of made up, like, the the girl who goes to Halloween as a cat. You know, that's that's all that they do. For the Why on earth someone needed to go to that much depth to spend that much money to creep my shit out i don't know so uh cats you're getting uh a double minor um but that's going to be compounded for all of your nine lives so uh that's going to be 36 minutes in the box uh for memories that i will not be able to shake 
Ah, uh, Chuck, you're our magical Mr. Mistopheles. <laughs> Thank you. I'm just happy not to be Rum Tum Tugger. <laughs> all right, that's all the time we have for today. Uh, we'll be back with you next Monday where we will uh, recap the Phillies week and uh, figure out some other stuff we can talk about to extend the length of the show. Uh, in the meantime, please be sure to uh, rate, review, and subscribe to us on, on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, be sure to check us out on social media, um, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Tell us who we missed uh, to put in the uh, Potadelphia Hall of Fame. Uh, tell us how you know dumb we are for the picks that we did make. Tell us how smart we are for the picks that we did make. I don't know. Um, also, if you have some more time in your podcast listening day, be sure to check out The Whip Around, our sister show. You could listen to me last week, screw up some Philadelphia trivia, which is, uh, which is awesome. Um, and, uh, and again, until, uh, until Monday... Have a great day at work, everybody. We're out of here. <laughs>